Hello, and welcome to episode 436 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm your host, Clarence Moy, and I am joined by the other two M's. So, M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Megan, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. Joey? Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. I hope you guys noticed the amount of research and effort that I put into making sure that I pronounce names correctly. So that is my my new leaf that I'm turning over for 2024. Um, You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts where people, um, you know, don't know how to say, like, like I know that um, I listen to the um, Variety podcast with, and Clayton, I know, and like Janelle and Jazz all got into not an argument, but just like how to pronounce Amanda's. Seifried. And I think it's Seifried is what they landed on. Um, based on just asking her. And I guess she also said, I don't even know how to say my last name, which I thought was really funny. But um, <laughs> everybody has problems, especially if you're a reader and you don't get to hear these things in person. Exactly. Um, so I wanted to start the podcast this week on a little bit of a down note. Um, as we are recording, we are 24 hours away from the um word that came out through very questionable means that I fully object to, um, that friend star Matthew Perry had uh, passed away. Um, so I did want to talk just a little bit about sort of our relationships with friends and the TV show friends, not our friends, but, (laughs) um, and, uh, and, and maybe go around and just list your favorite episodes, um, of his and kind of what your thoughts were about his, uh, his death. Whoever, whoever wants to start. I know which one uh, is my favorite episode, which I think is such a good showcase for him and for Lisa Kudrow. And it's the one oh. where everybody <laughs> finds out, um, which is when everyone discovers that he and Monica are hooking up. And I think that episode is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the delicate tete-a-tete between him and Phoebe, where they're going back and forth. And even like, the one who's not involved really is Ross, which Ross is probably my least favorite character. Sorry. Sorry, David Schwimmer. But um, uh, I I love the part where, like, Joey's like, she's like, what can I do with my bra? He's like, uh, do something with your bra. She can't work them. And he, like, <laughs> rips off the, like, her top. And she's like, wow, you did that so fast. He goes, not my first time. Like, the, the whole, like, four, five of them are just working so well together. They're like, it's just so funny and going back and forth between the apartments. It's like probably my favorite episode. Um, and I just, he's so funny in that too. Hmm. It really is. That is definitely top five for him. Um, particularly when, when they're there's they they just can't figure out who's going to break first with, yes. between him and Phoebe. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing, amazing comedy. And, uh, I know there's, um, there's been some discourse online about friends, you know, being a problematic show because of the Helena handbasket character that Kathleen Turner plays. Um, and, uh, all of that, and, you know, I, that probably shouldn't come up during a discourse about Matthew Perry and his legacy. Um, we, you know, let's not talk about that anymore, <laughs> or at least let's not talk about those two things together is what I'm saying on Twitter. Um, yeah, because I did see one guy say something about, Hey, uh, just FYI in friends of mine, but 
you know, people are talking about friends. And if you go back and watch friends, be warned, you know, trigger warning, there's, there's, you know, uncomfortable things and antiquated views out there. And I'm like, I don't think that that needs to be said for a show that aired 20 years ago, but I also don't think that people should be vehemently attacking that guy for saying that. I think that's awful. Like some of the things I've seen, you should die. You didn't delete the tweet. This guy like apologized. And they're oh, like, wow. well, you don't mean it because you didn't delete the tweet. And so I, he was called fat. He was called ugly. I mean, just. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible terrible. things. Yeah. So let's uh, people. I mean, and this this is the absolute last thing that Matthew Perry would have ever wanted. Right. So. um, God. Joey, what about you? What's your favorite episode of his? Um. I mean, something that always pops up in my brain is being trapped in the vestibule with Jill Goodacre. <laughs> um, I, the thing that I always loved about uh, Matthew Perry's Chandler is that I love his face. He, I think he is, he's always been an actor who can, can communicate a reaction or a line with just moving his eyebrows or like dropping his jaw. He's just, he's just a really, uh, he, he's just a really gifted physical, uh, actor. And, um, there's that. I think a lot of the stuff, one of my favorite line readings, and I don't even know why, um, I think it's so funny is it's very early in the show and everyone's giving him crap for smoking and he, I think someone, I think it's the episode where Rachel and Ross break up and the car gets stuck at, you know, that it's a, it's a rest stop or something. And they, they ran out of gas. And uh, he says something about um, <laughs> someone's like, he was like, oh, I'm, I, I'm upset about this, this and this. And then I think Monica says, well, then why are you smoking? And he's like, well, it's very unsettling. There's something <laughs> that's it's just very... I I remember from a very early age just being like impressed with his delivery and his like shading of lines. I've I've just always, he's always sort of been uh, a little bit my favorite on the show. I really go back back and forth between Chandler and Phoebe. Those two have always been my favorite. So I think it's funny you bring up the, the, like the, the thing in that scene, Megan, that you bring up is, the part where they're basically embracing, but he doesn't know where to put his hand. And he <laughs> makes this, he makes a face as if he's like, well, I could put it here. And it's sort of like <laughs> a suggestion <laughs> just in his face, but it's like the most troubled, like, Ugh. I don't know. I just, and I, I've always, he's just, he was just great. He was always great. And I feel like we sort of took him for granted. And, um, even in something like we're going to talk about troublesome stuff. I'm sorry. I like three to tango. I own a DVD of it. Um, is it outdated? Of course it's outdated. It came out in 1999, but it's like one of those things where it's quote unquote problematic, but I still love it. Um, I don't know. He's, he's just so good at riding this like wacky, but very earnest sweetness. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think he was the most influential character to come out of that show because 
like if you watch any other show after friends and I saw somebody talk about this and they made a good point that like everybody was trying to find a Chandler on all these other ripoff shows yeah. like, and everybody's copied that his, like the way he says things like, could I be anywhere like that has shown up and like, he almost changed like, and this is what attributed to the writers too, but like kind of the way the beats of comedy in the nineties, I feel like he was really influential in that. And that everybody was trying to find their Chandler in the 90s. Also, my favorite line that he ever said on the show is the bottom line is smoking is cool and you know it. I love that line. <laughs> love that line. Oh, God. And just anything with him and him sort of struggling to get away from Janice. And it doesn't yes. matter. It doesn't Yemen. matter what. Yemen, I'm going to Yemen. It's sort of. It doesn't matter what season it is. It doesn't matter the circumstances in which they've been brought back together. It's sort of just like it'll always, always, always be funny to me. I also want to mention, because he said, I was reading that he said in his book that like he hopes that people talk about other things he did. Oh, God, people. that's so sad. Yeah, And I, I was reading so many great tributes. Like one was from John Ross Bowie, um, you know, from Big Bang Theory. Um, he talks about how like he quit drinking like 13 years ago and, and how he was like at a party and he was like, Oh, I just want to drink. And then he looks across from him and it's Matthew Perry. And he said they like shared diet Cokes the whole night and they, he made it such a good time. And then also mm -hmm. Hank Azaria was one who talked about yeah. how, um, Matthew Perry helped him get sober. And, um, mm -hmm. I love hearing these stories about, about so many things that he did outside of, being a really funny actor and um i just wanted to make sure we share some of those too absolutely yeah. and i'm i'm thrilled that you mentioned that because uh you know his um the matthew perry house i think he, he yeah mm -hmm. you know built a place for people to go or he, he did he donate his own house for this cause or oh, something to that effect but there's there's the matthew I perry think house. he did yeah oh, yeah wow. um you know that 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 is that's just, you know, no recognizing that you struggled with, you know, addiction and then knowing that other people struggle similarly and wanting to build a community to help people out of that. It's just, it's a very noble thing to do. Um, and yeah. I applaud him for that. Yeah. There's, there's always that sort of, um, something that I've always thought that was interesting just about him is, you know, there's that old thing about, you know, funny people use, comedy to like mask their their pain or their struggles or anything like that and i was just like i don't think we have given him enough credit because he openly says that in the show like i think there's a line where he was like hi my name hi i'm chandler and i make jokes when i'm uncomfortable um stuff like that and i th i think that we sort of maybe again taken for granted that he he I don't say was a lot like his his character but i mean like there there's a similarity there that i don't think that a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and I will say just as another favorite thing that I love is I think on their wedding when Monica and Chandler get married, I think, I think it's such a stupid line. It's like, I'm glad we're having a rehearsal dinner. I, I never practice my meals before I eat. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. I also loved, I think I tweeted about this, but I love that scene where, uh, you know, the stuff where he and Monica, um, where Chandler and Monica got together, I thought were um, handled really well. And it kind of gave this show for a while an energy that it, it really needed, you know, to not focus on Ross and Rachel so much. But when yeah. he first hooks up with her in, in the UK and um, 
and he, and he like rips up all his clothes and jumps up on the covers completely naked. And she, you know, she's like, wow. And he goes, it bodes, it bodes well that speed impresses you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is just that, uh, just the way he delivered that line um, is just fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Great. Uh, and, you know, he only received a single Emmy nomination for that in all 10 That's years. That's so wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely um, should have been more broadly received. But um, anyway, uh, I, not- I noticed last night that uh, Nick at Night, you know, has been showing friends and <laughs> probably will oh. until the end of time. They have been doing some uh, Matthew Perry focused or like the best moments of Matthew Perry yeah. focused episodes. So I do recommend that people, um, if you're if you don't have HBO Max and you can't watch it all the time, uh, then you know catch it on Nick at Night and uh, go back and revisit it and laugh and 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 put 2023 politics to the side and just go back and laugh at at dumb old jokes. Yeah, because they were funny at one point. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So he will be uh, sorely missed, of course. Yeah. All right. Um, the main topic we quickly wanted to go around uh, and, and discuss this week is it sort of our potpourri of uh, film festival experiences. Megan, uh, we didn't record last week because Joey and I had just gotten back from the Middleburg Film Festival, and Megan was at the SCAD Savannah Film Festival. And uh, so I've done a lot of talking about my Middleburg experience on, on, on other sites and I mean, not, not other sites, but on, on a video and on another podcast. Traitor. So <laughs> no, um, but uh, Megan and uh, Joey, why don't you guys talk about your experiences? Megan, I'll let you go first. Cause you just, uh, you were in Savannah for almost a week. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was in Savannah for almost a week and the, I was at the SCAD Savannah film festival, which had a really great lineup this year. Um, like I still got to see Nyad and, um, you know, I, it was actually a really interesting director focused festival. I realized because of the strike, which was kind of funny because usually they have, um, a bit of a mix, but, um, it was cool to have like directors like George C. Wolf, Emerald Fennel, Fennel, um, Jeff Nichols. Um, um, oh, I'm forgetting the, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Chin was there. Um, like, so lots of different directors were there. So it was, it was really cool to have, uh, that kind of vibe to it. Um, just kind of a happy accident with, with the strike, but, um, but yeah, I was there and, uh, got to see so many, uh, great films. I really didn't see anything that I hated at all. Like everything was really good. Um, which is what I usually expect because they, they really know how to program a great festival. And there were also really cool events. Like there was like a producer's panel that I went to and, you know, in conversation with Kevin Bacon was really interesting, even though he couldn't talk about specific films that he was in. I think he referred to uh, his the dancing movie I did in the eighties or something. And people were laughing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a great time. I think my favorite films of the festival actually were the first and the last ones that I saw, which I really liked Nyad. And I know that, um, you know, not everybody on this podcast loves, well, I, Joey hasn't seen Nyad yet, but, um, I really, it just really struck me. I, I, maybe because it deals with aging and being a woman and, um, I, I know I talked to some people on the red carpet, like behind the scenes, 
like people who were not, you know, walking the red carpet that said, uh, oh, I don't know if I can watch that movie because she's a turf is what I've heard. I, I, I don't know any of these things, but, you know, the film doesn't address that. So um, but I, I thought it was a really interesting uh, I, I, I just thought it was really well shot and everything. And the performances are great too. And Jodie Foster is, is awesome. So is Net Finning. Uh, and then The Holdovers was probably my other favorite film, which I saw the last night I was there. And uh, ugh, I just, the mood, the complete mood of that film, uh, like, you know, it's over two hours, which when I sat down, this was like a 9.30 show. I'm like, oh, okay, Megan, like stay awake. I had some Diet Coke. And um, I was completely enthralled by it. I almost feel like it could be, since it takes place at the holidays, I almost feel like it could be a future holiday classic because it's something you do Mm want to watch during the holidays. And, you know, it's such a snowy setting and uh, it's very well written. Um, And Paul Giamatti, I mean, their whole cast is great, but Paul Giamatti is just the one that I really am like throwing all my weight behind, not only because he's in my fantasy Oscar, but also because (laughs) I I just want him to... Like he's such an underrated actor. He's so good, and this, and I know some people would be like, "Oh, he's with Alexander Payne again." But this role is so different from Miles and Sideways, and it's so like, I love this character. It's such a like, you hate him, you love him, you you feel bad for him. Yeah, he's just uh, such a great character, and um, I really want Paul Giamatti to get nominated because oh, he's just so great. Um, hmm. But yeah, I got to see lots of great documentaries too. Um, like 20 Days in Maripol, which I actually think is another, uh, that one has to be in the top of the conversation about for, for outstanding or for best documentary. It's just people, it got a standing ovation, which I thought was saying a lot. And, um, yeah, those are, I, I, those are just a few of, I did a lot of write-ups on the site. If anybody's interested in reading them, I also have some interviews coming out soon. Um, cause I got to talk to some people there, which was, was really great. Um, so look for those too. Very cool. I will say, uh, I did not dislike Nyad. I didn't love the first 30 minutes, but I think it gets, it, it, you can't help but root for her and love it, um, as it goes. Um, but, uh, I, I, I was a little iffy on the first, the more direct sequences of, of Annette Benning as, as Diane and Nyad, um, in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. I like that she was prickly. Like, I know people yeah. were like, oh, she's not likable. But, like, you root for her by the end. I I guess because I, if she were this, like, amazing person that wanted to do this, that wouldn't be as interesting. To, like, if she's an amazing person. But, like, if she was this, like, do-gooder, like, goody-goody, um, nice to her best friend. And, right. you know, I, I don't want to see that movie. I like seeing this person who's who's a flawed individual and, uh, like, like all of us. And... I loved seeing her kind of realize at the end, you know, this isn't really a spoiler, but, you know, just learning about what it takes to be a team, to have a team behind you. And um, I I think swimming is such an interesting sport, too. And um, there was so much I didn't know about that story, which I really learned from it, too. So that was Mm -hmm. the other thing that I really uh, liked about it. Yeah. Um, But I and I totally agree with you on the holdovers. Um, love the holdovers. And I think Joey, you've seen it too. You saw it, Tiff, right? Oh, I, I voted for that. So for yeah, people's choice. Yeah. I I love that movie. It's a great film. 
Mm-hmm. And my, I showed the, tra- I want my dad to see it. And I showed the trailer to him and he was like, this looks like a best picture nobody. And I'm like, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Which my dad knows nothing about that. So I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> but it is such a crowd pleaser. And that is the one that like, that is the one film you talk to everybody and they're like, oh, I love that film. Mm. Interesting. 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 Um. <laughs> So, Joey, why don't you talk about Middleburg? You and I were there for a little bit. So, uh, what did you think of the festival? Oh, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> um, I was really excited to go. Um, I drove. I was I was making jokes with Jason, my husband. I was like, I'm a civilian. I'm going. <laughs> I'm a civilian now. Um, so, I, I got to meet Mark, which was, which was great. Um, he's a super nice guy. Um and this other guy, Clarence. Um, no. <laughs> he, uh, <Matt> Jacker. <laughs> no, he. Uh, it was cool to attend a film festival with with Clarence and Mark. I've never, I've never. I mean, I've, I went to TIFF um, with Megan, and um, I saw some things with Shadon last year. Um, this year, um, I, I was really excited because it because it was such a smaller, more intimate festival. Um, I was not running around like crazy terrified that me I, I my you know money spent for this festival was not gonna be you know worth it but it was that's that's the anxiety that i had with tiff um but also sort of a thrill um and uh <laughs> uh clarence and mark covered it um as press and they were sweet enough to basically save me seats every time i we went to a screening um i really loved Saltburn. what a horny what a what a ride that movie is. Um, I loved it. And Emerald Fennell was there. Um, she has like this uh this like husky smoker's voice almost. I'm, I'm a, I don't know if she's a smoker, but I mean she has, I don't know, it was her and Jazz from Variety having this talk, and it was like the most British conversation I've ever seen. It was glorious. It was just like um it was great. I loved how um that movie threw you know everything out there. I loved it. Um I loved um I got to meet Todd Haynes, which I I was like, yeah, the because I love him so much. Um I loved May December. Um, more than um, the more I think about it, the more I love it. Um, I think I'm seeing it again next week at a screening. Um, so I'm excited to see it again. And then uh, I love the killers. Uh, but I guess my favorite movie of the festival was uh, All of Us Strangers, which might be my favorite movie of the uh, year. I love I cannot, that one too. I cannot stop thinking about it. The um, performances from Andrew Scott, actually, all four of them—they're all great. Um, tomorrow is Halloween. I fa- the whole time, the first time you see Paul Mescal, he's wearing a pink sweater. I have that pink sweater. It's from Target. Um, I wore it at the Middleburg Film Festival, not the day that I saw it, but I was like, I t- maybe tomorrow I'm gonna wear it because he also wears a gold chain, and I have a, like a, a small gold chain too. I was like, what if I just draw? a really sloppy mustache on my face and not put any product in my hair and walk around with a bottle of whiskey the whole time. That would be fine. That's a Halloween Halloween costume for a movie that no one has ever seen. Uh, So no one. Yes. Yes. Yet. Um, I did want to say I already have, I didn't see the holdovers there, but uh, I will message you, Megan, my idea for (laughs) my best picture menu. I already have something picked up. Oh my God. 
god. <laughs> um, I have something kind of perverted picked out for Saltburn. It's not going to get nominated for Best Picture. Um, but I kind of hope it does because I want to make this really inappropriate food for it. I um, can guess what it is. I think. Um, yeah, you can probably guess what it is. Um, but I don't know. I I just had a really good time because. Uh, it was at a resort, which I felt, uh, I was telling everyone, I was like, I felt, cause I drove six hours to be there. I was wearing like hoodie and a pair of jeans and a pair of tennis shoes. And I walked in with my backpack to this like gorgeous resort. I've never seen so much beige clothing in my life, which is not, which is not a read. It was just like, it, it wouldn't, everyone just looked really refreshed, really beautiful. Everyone was really excited to be there. And I just like stumbled in. I was like, they're going to call security. (laughs) I I just felt really schlubby, which was fine. I just drove six hours and it was great. Um, But no, I I loved how it was just like, you know, uh, you know, it was like one movie at a time. We could really like sit there and uh, talk about the movies afterwards. I I met some people that I hadn't met before. Like I met Charlie Bright. I met, um, I'm blanking on people's names. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a great experience to do it with, uh, Clarence and Mark, uh, who had been there before and they sort of, uh, could answer all of my hysterical questions because I had sort of no idea what I was in for. So yeah, I had a good time. I'm rambling now. So please cut me off. <laughs> no, it was fun. It was, it was, it was great fun to, uh, to, uh, to hang out with you. And, and again, yeah. Megan, I'm going to say this one more time. Um, this is like the eighth time that I've been around Joey and I've only been around you one time. Like, what did I do to you? I still can't believe that. <laughs> hey, that's not my fault. We have to fix that. Um, well, hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully the strike will be over within the next couple of weeks and they will indeed have award season and maybe we can go out to uh, LA together to attend. Um, yes. Some yes. award shows that we are. Or you can go members. to Joey's party. <laughs> That's right. A, That's right. I have a really perverted menu. <laughs> I wouldn't expect any less. I will not be drinking. No. <laughs> I mean, can it get more perverted than call me by your name? Uh, frosting filled peach cookies. Oh my can God. It? I forgot about that. No, they were good though. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was I there that year? I was, wasn't I? That was, I think yeah, that so. Was, that was the Shape of Water year. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Clarence, ship water on best picture. I don't care. I was like, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, very good. So, uh, let's move very quickly to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And, um, who would like to go first? I will. Because, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a screener for I have a screener for fingernails. That movie Ooh. on Apple just randomly showed up, and I'm very happy for it. Um, so I want to see that. I have the first half of the Crown season, the final season. It's only four episodes, um, so I'm gonna finally watch it because my husband made me wait until we could watch it together. Um, and then there is a, a movie that. Um, well, I am looking forward to seeing Nyad and Rustin. They both get here this week. Uh, but there is a movie starring Heather Graham that is like a bonkers. Uh, it's called Suitable Flesh. Um, it looks insane. It's based on like a HP Lovecraft short story called The Thing on the Doorstep. Um, it has a, as a, a strange cast, but I saw the trailer before. I can't remember, even remember what movie and I've never heard of it. And I was like, what the fuck? is this movie um but it's it's set in like a a a psychiatric hospital 
Um, yeah, it just looks it looks bonkers. I'll send you the trailer. It, it debuted at Tribeca this year. Um, yeah, let's let's fuck. Megan. Um. So I am watching Survivor, Golden Bachelor, and The Challenge on MTV. So my reality TV is just you know going crazy uh and i think we're we're getting to the end of the golden bachelor so he's going to pick himself a lady here soon um also i need to see anatomy of of a fall because that i missed it at scat i was i was flying in when it was playing so i need to see that one um and i uh, i need to see killers of the flower moon um I had I was talking to a publicist there at a party and he was like, Have you seen it? And I'm like, No. He's like, Why haven't you seen it? I was like, I because I'm here. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, he's like, if you didn't go to any early screenings, and I'm like, No, I didn't. I'm in Pittsburgh. So um hopefully I'll get to carve out three hours of my time at some point to see that. I'm gonna probably order two sets of cheese sticks to enjoy over that. Um I'm reading <laughs> Brittany's memoir. Oh yeah, um, me too. It's, it's and um, it's 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 so short. It's only like like five hours to listen to on Audible. Like I was surprised by that. Um, but I just got to her um, being a part of the Mickey Mouse Club, and um, so wow. interesting stuff. Um, and then I think that's about it this week. Just kind of decompressing um, and trying to catch up on some other things nice um i uh i'm trying to think what i'm doing oh uh so we're on tv wise my wife and i are catching up to uh season three of only motors in the building we watched uh, a couple of episodes of that i'm about a little over halfway through the third season um and then uh movie wise i'm gonna at one point watch uh five nights at freddy's because it is free on peacock so um, yeah i'm not gonna go see it in the theater but i will watch it for free at home um my daughter and i uh so they opened um i don't know why i'm saying this because you guys are gonna make fun of me they opened the uh eras tour movie um at the big uh, real IMAX screen here in Raleigh. And, uh, my daughter and I are going to go again. Wow. <laughs> it was fun. Um, and uh, what else? Um, I think that's about it. I was going to watch a show that we've had screeners for, for about six months or I've had a screener uh, for, for about yeah. six months. And then I happened to be on Rotten Tomatoes and saw that this, um, prestige limited series has a, a 27 on rotten tomatoes so i don't know that i'm gonna be rushing to watch that one um yeah and i think i'm supposed to be getting uh so critics choice tv critics and i'm a film member of critics choice but tv critics got the crown early and then uh the rest of us are going to be getting it this week i'm told so i'm looking forward to getting that uh book wise i have I do have a new book um, that I have not started to read yet. Um, I have been listening to the Bowery Boys podcast. I don't know if either of you have heard that, but it's it's a podcast about New York City history. The re- oh, yeah. The reason that I heard of this podcast is one of the hosts also hosts a podcast about the Gilded Age. Um, so, but this is all about like 
very specific detail that I kind of love about uh, New York City in, in multiple periods, but they do talk about the Gilded Age quite a bit on this podcast. Not the TV show, the actual Gilded Age. Oh. Um, and they've got a series of, uh, every year they do a uh, ghost stories podcast about historic ghosts within New York City or in the New York area. Um, so I've been listening to that. That's been a lot of fun. And I did buy a new book, which I haven't started yet. Um, it is called None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. So I don't remember. That's one you've talked about that one before, right? I don't know. Have I? I thought you mentioned it. Unless somebody else told me about it. Um, BuzzFeed says it has, quote, superb pacing, twisted characters, and captivating prose. So what more can you ask oh, for? There's a book that I bought like just on a whim because it sounded really good. And uh, I, I distinctly remember walking out of the little bookstore, taking a picture of it. I have to send the picture to Claire and see if you had heard of it. Um, it's it's sort of like, did you read or hear of the book A Haunting on the Hill? No. It's like, no. It's the first novel to be granted permission to return to the universe of Shirley Jackson, The Haunting of Hill House. It's not, it's not like a re it's not like a remake or anything. It's called, it's by an author named, uh, Elizabeth hand, um, about a, a teacher trying to, I think she's trying to be like a playwright. Um, and she receives like a grant to develop, um, a play, which is like a feminist retelling of, I think an old play. Um, so I, I literally picked it up because I thought the cover looked cool. And then I, when I looked it up on my phone and when I was in the bookstore and I was like, Oh, it was like the first, you know, that the estate of Shirley Jackson, I think, gave permission to, like, return to the the roots of the story. I was like, oh, I need to send that to clients. Yeah, that sounds interesting. You know, it's another year is passing, and I still haven't gone back and rewatched um, Haunting of Hill House, which I say every year I'm going to watch that because it's it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I did not because I haven't had the chance. I don't know what made me think of that. anyway um so does that cover it yeah Yeah. all right let's get the hell out of here so we are the three m's contributors joey moser megan megan mclaughlin sorry i can't god i'm mispronouncing your name megan she's new (laughs) so we are the three m's contributors joey moser megan mclaughlin and me clarence moy thanking you for joining us asking you to remember to rate us on apple podcasts or wherever you find us and plus Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Awards Daily and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow.